Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. We got an email uh, yesterday in relation to yesterday's show, and I'm sure you've all heard at this stage, of course, that the teachers will not be returning to school uh, on Thursday to deal with um, children with special needs and also the suggestion that those doing the leaving cert may have gone back a little bit early. But we got an email from an overwhelmed parent who feels the teachers are being self uh, selfishness or led by selfishness when it comes to kids returning to school. And it says... I hate the fact that schools are closed. I'm a single mother of four. My youngest is eight years old and I find that homeschooling is a nightmare. I work full time and our school uh, use an app called Seesaw to post work out to be done. I can't just leave my youngest to do his work on his own. He needs me to do the work with him. It takes up to four to five hours to complete everything. If I wanted to be a teacher, I would have trained as one. I'm completely fed up, Niall, and really believe the selfishness of these teachers is ruining our children's education. How are other parents about this situation? Surely I can't be the only parent that believes that this selfishness and greed that are stopping our kids from returning to school uh, and not the virus. Look... I don't know what you think of that email and do you agree with her? I mean, do you believe the teachers are being selfish or can you understand their concern about not returning to work because they believe it's not safe? Now, the Education Minister, Norma Foley, has insisted this morning, and I heard her on radio this morning, insisting the government had responded to all the teachers' unions' concerns around reopening uh, of special needs schools. She said scrapping of a plan to resume classes from tomorrow leaves Ireland as an outlier in Europe. We're the only country in Europe now where the children are not going back to school, where teachers will not go back to work. And let's be clear about it. Nearly every European country has seen a rise in cases after Christmas. Every single European country, more or less the same. Some more than others. The government last night said the decision was the result of a lack of cooperation by key staff unions in the primary sector. Unions, meanwhile, said the core issue was inconsistent advice about safety in schools. I think the advice from the government in relation to that particular issue has been consistent. And the advice from the WHO and the advice from the European Centre for Disease Control has been consistent. The advice quite clearly is it's as safe as it can be. That going back to school is of a low risk. That's the advice. Take it or leave it. There are people who have to go to work. For example, you know, people will go to work in supermarkets today. They don't have a choice because if they don't go to work, they go on a PUP payment. They don't really have a choice in the matter. They have to go to work. I go to work today. Okay, yes, I don't meet as many people as a school teacher might, but I'm still in work and it's still a small risk. But that's my job. I have to do it. Some of the DJs and the radio stations around the country can work from home. This job, because, of course, we take callers on the line, is a little bit more difficult technically to do it. And I'd prefer to be here to do it. It's much easier for us to do it here because I won't get a delay and all that kind of carry on. But teachers have to be asked to go back. They're necessary workers. And Garda Shia Khan are dealing with members of the public on a daily, day, day-to-day basis at close contact. People who work in hospitals and healthcare are all back in work because they're dealing with people. Necessary services all across the country have to run. Education is a vital, vital service. I don't want to put them up on a pedestal somewhere, but it's an important service and we need it. You know what? I'm sick of plumossing them. Yesterday we did a lot of plumossing, I'll be honest with you. I was a bit disappointed with myself really yesterday. But the minister, I kind of tend to believe her. Education Minister Norma Foley more or less insisted today, I'm paraphrasing, that it wasn't the government's fault. She is putting the blame clearly on the unions and the teachers and saying there's nothing more we can do. You know, failing putting them all in hazmat suits and sending them to school or to work, there's nothing more they can do. Now, you did hear some teachers yesterday, including Graeme, 
and Linda and a couple of other special needs assistants uh, on the air defending their position. I'm only going to give it about a half an hour today because I want to get your reaction now to the fact that the schools, we talked about it yesterday briefly, but we want to talk about it now. The schools, the government have made the decision. Well, the unions have made the decision because now it seems that the unions are running the country now. The unions have made the decision that the kids are not going back to school. And it looks like probably not till after St. Patrick's Day. I got a message this morning from a friend of mine who suggests that we should have an extra year in school now because these kids have lost a year of schooling, more or less. They've had about three months education, three or four months education in the whole year. It's shocking. Let me know what you think and what your reaction to this is. And the reaction to, we don't even know when the schools are going to be open. What happens if the case numbers in March are still the same as they are now? Fluctuating between two and 4,000 cases. What happens then? Are they still not going to go back to work? How long more? And then when they do go back to work, let's say if it's March, the end of March, let's just say the end of March, they're only going to be working for three months and they're back on holidays again for three months. Should we scrap the holidays for teachers and say, well, look, you've got to teach these kids during the holidays. They need to make up for what they've lost. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Have you or do you support the teachers? Or do you, like this person who sent in the message, do you believe they're being selfish? I mean, she mentions how hard it is to homeschool. I'm sure you sympathise with her. Many parents now are homeschooling at the moment and never thought they'd be in that position. But do you support the teachers? Or do you believe they're being selfish? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 uh, Joanne, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Joanne? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Good, Joanne. It's a tough day for parents. You know, a lot of parents thought, you know, particularly those with special needs, thought the kids would be back, you know, today, they'd be back, in, or tomorrow they'd be back in school. Mm. I mean, what's your I, situation? I'm a special needs parent. I have a son with autism and he attends a autism unit attached to a mainstream school. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm getting the impression that I'm in the minority, but I was not going to send my son back to school, even if they opened and, um, and why did you why did you make that decision? Um, it is the it is the community numbers and also the fact and a big thing for me is I didn't want I felt like he was being treated differently because he has an additional need. Um, I, I didn't really want him going into an empty school, you know, walking down an empty corridor. There's no one to play with on the yard. There's no integration. There's no inclusion happening. He's he's not really getting what he needs from that. He can do the academics at home with me. He's been really successful with remote learning. We've been really well supported by his teacher and the SNAs in the school. And it has been a success. And I didn't really see that he would get anything going into an empty school. But, but, you, but you do accept that special needs children regress more than other children would do. Well, now, this, I'm just speaking for myself here. Okay. But regression happens all the time. Regression happens when they're in school. My son regresses when he's in school, when he's out of school, when he gets a growth spurt when there's a holiday. Mm-hmm. Regression can always be addressed down the road. And what's, what's you? I mean, I know you're saying you're probably in the minority, and you probably are, Joanne, by the way. But, <laughs> but, but that's your view, and that's fine, and I respect that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but your position as a parent, are you working currently at the moment yourself? I'm, I'm working from home as well. But the thing is, and I know everybody's situation is different, and I, my child has care needs. He doesn't eat. He doesn't sleep. He, my day starts every day at 2.30 a.m., 3 a.m., and he's up for the day. Oh, gosh. Um, that's yeah, a, it that's is. A, that's and, a tough day, Joanne. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is hard, and it always has been that way. And I have another child who, who doesn't have any additional needs. So, what, what time and are you up at this morning? Oh, three. You sound very chirpy for somebody who was up at three <laughs> o'clock this morning. I think I was a bit nervous being on the radio, but and I'm on the. <laughs> I, I tell you now, if I was up at three o'clock in the morning, I wouldn't be in uh, the mood you're in at the moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But but the reality is this: look, we're at home. We're fine. It's going well. Nobody's going to get sick here. And and I also think that we all just. 
I've had a very good experience through every school. My child has been in five schools and he's only seven. He's been in different preschool placements and all that kind of stuff. And we have met such amazing people and we've had such great But you, it seems to me, I mean, look, you sound like a really good mother and I'm, I'm sure you are. I don't, <laughs> I don't know you, right? But the very fact that you get up at two and three o'clock in the morning for child and you're that sharp, he sounds no, like you're a good... Uh, well, absolutely. Like. Okay. So, yeah. and I'm sure you have a support system there and, and you know, I, no, I don't know your educational no. background or how good you are at teaching him, but it seems that you have a good handle on it. Well, the reality is that his school has sent home a home programme for him to do because he follows a special ed curriculum. There's plenty of things that I can work on at home that are not academic, that are life skills and are achievable for us as a family. Mm. And it has been a big success. And that's and, great if you could do that. Yeah. But there are a lot of parents that can't do that or don't yeah, have absolutely. the wherewithal to do that or don't believe that they're as good as the teachers are doing that. Now, in relation to, I suppose, the safety of sending the schools, I don't believe there's an issue in relation to the unions and everything else in the government, uh, the issue is not the safety of the children because I think we've all established that children are at very little risk of COVID-19. Um, unless, of course, that child happens to have serious underlying conditions that are affected by COVID-19. But that seems to be the, doesn't seem to be the case in the majority of children. I think the real issue here is the teachers believe they're the ones at risk. I mean, mm. is, it, is it selfish of them not want to go back in total, not just for special needs kids, when you look across Europe no, and the majority of kids in sc- are in school in Europe? No, I don't think it's selfish. Not at all. I think that when we're comparing, you have to compare like with like, and schools in Ireland are vastly different than schools in Europe. Our class sizes are enormous. Our buildings are crap. They don't even have hot water. There's no ventilation. You know, if... if it's I, I wouldn't say different. we rate... I wouldn't say we raise way down the ladder there. I'd say there's a lot of countries that are, their school system is pretty similar to ours, if not worse. I mean, okay, some, mm. some countries have a better system than we have and a more modern system than we, we have. have. massive... We have massive class sizes. Oh, we do have big class sizes, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 for me as a parent, that's the issue. And I think that this coronavirus and all of this this hysteria right now... Well, a lot of it is hysteria, in fairness. Oh, it's hysterical, absolutely. But a lot of it has brought the real problems to the fore that, you know... But if everybody else can go back to work, but Joanne, if every other necessary service is working currently at the moment, why can't teachers go back? But this is my point. The education sector has been filling in the gaps for services for kids with special needs for ages when it comes to speech, language, OT, physio, ref, all that kind of stuff. And I do believe that as a parent with a special needs child, if I had service, I have nothing, I get no services, by the way. If I had other services, um, there would be less of a, a rush to get back to school. Well, okay, well, well, do me a favour. Stay, stay there for a second, Joanne. Um, or sorry, is it Joanna or Joanne? Joanne, is it? Joanne. Okay. Joanne. Uh, Barbara, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Barbara? Hi, Niall, how are things? I'm good. Barbara, you work in preschool, in a preschool. Yeah. Okay, so you have, you, you're back in work, I'm assuming. We're back in work since June. Okay. We have not been there off at all. Okay. But my, my point is, we're educators as well. We do six, eight years training and studying as Ola. Like, we should be in line with the teachers, number one. But number two, if we didn't open our doors, first one time workers or essential workers, all that funded is pulled. Now, I think that's very unfair that the teachers can say, or the unions, not the teachers, can say, no, they're not going back, it's not safe, and still get paid, but we're forced to back, go back into. Because if you don't go back, you won't get paid, you're on a PUP payment, and that's it. No, our government funding, like for the ETSA, the NCS is called, all this funding the government gives us, they actually don't give up, they give the parents to send their child to school. Yeah. Like free ETSA. Free that will all be pulled if we didn't open our doors. And there's a, I, I'm so mad because 
there's a lot of hype in the papers, and I need it, that um, there's no questions out there for, for even vulnerable children to be vaccinated as well in our school. Yeah. Well, we're open, since June. And what, what's, so by the way, what, what, what age groups are you dealing with? It's kind of two to four or five-year-olds, is it? Yes. Okay. And then we've had your school. So my point is, we're open now, and we've about 5% of our after school comes to us for a full day. The parents are working. So my question is, those kids that come to us as a full day should be in school. So what's the difference that we're taking over the teacher's role? I know, I know, I know what you mean. Yes, of course. So you're you're filling in that gap. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And does our life not matter? Does our you know staff not matter? Well, I, look, everybody's everybody's life matters. And and by the way, even before COVID, there was a risk to being a human being, right? Uh, but now, obviously, with COVID, the risk is a little bit higher for certain individuals in different groups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's there's no way a government can turn around and say everything is perfectly safe because clearly it's not. So every, everything is not perfectly safe, but it's as safe as can be. I Absolutely. suppose that's the argument, isn't it? Yeah, but those kids that should be in school, the parents are essential workers, they're coming to the crash. Mm-hmm. So it's just, why can't they be in school? Why can't they go back in? Do you know what I'm trying to say? We're taking over now a teacher's role for those school children. I mean, well, well, hang on, Joanne, I mean, that's a good point, isn't it? A lot of these children mm-hmm. are of essential workers, for example, who put their kids maybe in early school learning or whatever it is, and now there's no school, so they're leaving their children there in essentially a crash for the day because they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, so all that's happening is Barbara and her colleagues are just filling in the gap. So, yeah, exactly. so there's other human beings have to do it. So they're putting yeah. other people under pressure and other industry I, under pressure. I just want to say that I actually believe that early years workers should be under the Department of Education. I don't think, I don't think it's right that it's separate at all. That's something I feel very strongly yep. about. I, do, I just do. I, I, I just think that early years workers are treated... But I think Barbara's OK with going back to work. She, I mean, I think she appreciates the value that she, is, that she has yeah, but, to, towards, to children. But it's not OK, but I understand what she's saying, that it's not OK to treat one person differently than another when they're doing a similar job. And she's right, 100%. Like, my husband works in retail, in groceries, and he has worked every single day. Okay, should he have? Day. He's not safe, is he? Should he have gone no, back to work? No, not at all. Well, no, but, but, yeah, but, but he went back to work. If he doesn't, he goes on 300 quid a week. So he, he went back to work because if he doesn't, yes, he gets 300 quid a week. That's why he went back yeah. to work. You well, know, well he, I had to keep yeah, his business going, obviously. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, but, but I mean, is he all right, your husband? How old is your husband? Uh, he's 38 this week. Okay, <laughs> he's a, okay, he's a young man. Okay, so I mean, he's not really in the risk category, right? Unfortunately, there oh, are... Oh, I don't know about risk, granted. I don't know anything about that. Okay, but he's not He's not really in the risk just category. Human, just on a human level, I don't like seeing some people treated differently than others. And when I hear Barbara talking, I, I do but if, but if it, we, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but if we didn't treat people differently than others, then, well, then by that theory, everybody should just go back to work. Now, that's not happening at the moment. So some people are off and some people are not, and that we prioritise work work based on those who are providing a necessary service. Haulage, retail, uh, when I talk about groceries and food and stuff like that, you know, and, in, and necessary services. Teaching, when, education when you, is a necessary service, Joanne. Yeah, but now, sorry for putting in, why aren't the unions are looking at Netflix and say, why are they being, excuse my French, harmed onto childcare workers when they should be in school? If it's not safe for them in school, well, how, how do they... Make it, I know we're very safe in childcare, but you know what I'm getting at. No, no, I, I understand completely what you're saying, yeah. 
It's just not fair. Like, no, and, 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 and there's two ways of looking at that. The one way, and Joanne agrees, that you should be treated the same way as a teacher. In other words, you shouldn't be in work. But Barbara, I think you and your colleagues are quite happy to be in work because obviously absolutely. you believe it's important for children. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. There should be all that to school. Okay, well, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to uh, Sarah as well, if I can. Oh, Sarah, hold on. I just switched on your line there. I apologize. Sarah, go ahead. You're on Classic Hits. Hi, Niall. How are you? You're in yeah. S&A. I'm an SNA in a mainstream school, mm-hmm. and I think the unions are making every SNA look absolutely terrible. I think the risk, or the, I think um, it's all relative to you how worried you should be about COVID. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's people more highly strung than other people, but I think like the special units in in mainstream schools and special schools. 100% should be open. They should all be open. And if you're not willing to go to work, and if you're too worried, and, and if you're worried, and you, you know, you might have elderly parents at home, and, and you, your worry is legit, fair enough. But you go on the PUP. And if you're not, if, if you're willing to go to work, go to work. So you're, so you're basically saying either teachers go back to work, and if they're not willing to go back, they go on a PUP payment. Unless they have a a doctor's letter to have a genuine medical underlying condition that they can't go back to work, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, if it's a case of like, okay, all the schools with like 30 kids in the classroom isn't safe, fair enough. But special schools where their their needs are so much more than, you know, a child in, in, in a mainstream class, like they should be, they need their stability. They need that people, and even their parents need it. And if I work in a mainstream school, and if, if if somebody in a special school isn't going back to work in SNA, redeploy us. Redeploy the people in mainstream schools. Put them in. They were going to do it for contact tracing and all back in March, and and mm-hmm. have us in test centres and all that. You know. I well, I mean, this, this like, should be all. I mean, the bottom line is, and I say this to both of you, Joanne, as well. This should be, I mean, children's education, we all agree, is, is vital and it's very important. And children have lost out big time this year and, this, and last year in education, right? But the bottom line is, the European Centre for Disease Prevention, Control, Prevention and Control, the WHO and the Irish government have all said that, you know, it's safe for children, as safe as can be, to go back to school. And when you look at the evidence that they produce, they, for example, the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, I have in front of me here, for example, they talk about uh, 65,000 schools in Italy, for example, reopened in September as case numbers were climbing in the community, but only 1,202 uh, campuses had experienced an outbreak four weeks later. In 93% of cases, only one infection was reported and only one high school had a cluster of more than 10 people infected, right? So the point they're making is, even though the community of cases were rising, the schools more or less say the same. And we saw that, Joanne, in this country when they went back to school in September. Did case numbers go through the ceiling between September and uh, kind of the end of November? No, they didn't. But, but wasn't that down to uh, when they, they were being tested, they, they were being, you know, reclassified as not a close contact but a community contact or something? But, th- but that's because the evidence shows that the majority of children who did test positive most likely didn't get it in school. They most likely got it with their mates and friends or somebody they'd been with outside of school. And the same goes I'm, for teachers. They, the majority of the teachers position, got it got it off a, another teacher, probably. Yeah. I'm in the position where I have two children, one with additional needs, one without, and it makes no sense to me why I should be told to send one back and not the other, that it's safe for one child to go back but not the other. Okay, fair because enough. Because their class sizes mm. are six to a class, probably in a special school, whereas a mainstream school could have 30, 35 in a class. Mm. Yeah, but he gets the bus. an FNA and then a teacher as well. But he gets, see, now you're going to, what do you mean he gets the bus? He, well, then he puts on a mask on the bus. He's, you're going and to go down a rabbit hole, it's Joanne. It's with the special <laughs> schools. It's also, there's, they have, on the special buses, they have a, a, a good distance. It's not a, it's not a packed 46A, like. 
Um, I don't know. I just, I'm not an expert with medicine or anything like that, but I just don't feel that the, that the, that we should, as a parent, that we should be pissed against education staff. I do think that as a parent, I'm angry with the policy makers and the people who are earning well, what the Okay, but what, okay, you're angry with the government, so, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so you, you tell me, and this has been asked over and over again this morning, again on RTE, the unions were asked, what is it you actually want? I mean, when you say you're angry with the government, the I, government have more or less said now, this is out of our hands. This is not our fault. We've, we've bent over backwards. There's nothing more we can do. This is the teachers and the unions. That's I, what they're saying. I, I actually don't think there's much evidence to suggest that they have bent over backwards. They've well, what could the they cleaning. do? Give me an example of what the they could cleaning. do. Why aren't they? Why are not? Why are they not providing any PPE to the staff that work there? What do you mean? How P- do I know? What do you mean PPE? Like masks? Yeah, yeah. The staff don't get masks. They have to buy their own and guns or whatever. I don't why get. A, I don't get a mask coming into work. I buy my own. There's a you get a sure pack of the five for two quid. You're not a government employee working with vulnerable children. Are we really going to use that as an excuse not to educate children that somebody has to buy their own no, bloody masks? No, I'm not. But you asked me what they want. I'm, I'm pretty and sure, what, by the way, mo- I'm, I'm sure most. I'm sure most schools. I know my daughter's school, for example, did provide mm. masks for their for their teachers. They bought. They had a box of them or whatever, and for the we for the pupils. Provided. Yeah, and I, I think most are providing them. And even but if they asked, didn't, what did they want to go back to school? They wanted PPE. They wanted better cleaning. And like, I have no problem with that. I think that's very reasonable. But when you say better, better cleaning, like their cleaning budgets were cut by forty percent. Okay, well, uh, well, okay. Let me ask Sarah. Sarah, I mean, w- when was the last time you were in school, Sarah? Sorry. Oh, Sarah, are you gone? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, when was the last time you were in school? Just before Christmas, there was it? Uh, yeah, just before Christmas. Okay, and how did you find the cleaning regime? Uh, Generally, not great. Okay, not great. Okay, when you say not great, uh, what the cleaners just came in once a day at the end of the day? Was that the way it works, or? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you see, there isn't, now, a school is a big place and there's not enough time in the day for, for what they, for the money that's allocated cleaning, there's not enough time for them to do it. The kids were cleaning their chairs and their tables with, with uh, sanitizers and yeah, yeah. And that was fine. And we were, we were given, um, we were given masks and the clean, I mean, it was, it wasn't as good as it could be, but I don't think it ever is. You know, Nothing is perfect. We get that. Yeah. No, no. But I do think, like, th- I don't think the cleaning is an issue. It's like the cleaning in the schools isn't the problem. It's if you want to send your kids to school, everybody should be back to school. And if you want to send your kid in, send them in. And if you don't, don't. I know the teachers 100% want to be back to school. Sorry. Sorry. No, no I wouldn't say 100%. That's but obviously, obviously not. But yeah. any teacher I know, that I'll be friends with a lot of them, they are up. They're up till two, three in the morning doing corrections on on seesaw, on Padlet, mm-hmm. on on emails and stuff. And it's not because they're also homeschooling their kids. And it's not. It's a lot easier to be in a classroom mm-hmm. with thirty children and teach on for every every book you need is right to your fingertips, and you can talk to everybody at the same time than it is to be doing it at home while you're homeschooling your kids. I mean, in, Sarah, just in relation to the email that I got in after yesterday's show, this person basically said that they, they believed teachers were being selfish. Well, now, no, I, I'm assuming they, they're, they're lumping teachers and unions into one thing rather than the government, if you know what I mean. Well, we are all being tarred with the same brush, and it isn't fair. Well, I know, I know you're not being selfish, clearly, by, by your attitude. I know you're not. Yeah. So, but, 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 but it is a vital service, doing, you would agree? Absolutely, 100%. And... It's it should like it's so vital, especially the special the units and the and the um, special schools are 
because we can get by as parents at home. Like it's it's a pain in the neck. Don't get me wrong. I don't enjoy it doing it with my kids, but. It, it can be done, you know, and we'll... Well, well this, this parent who wrote into us said, if I wanted to be a teacher, I would have trained as one. So, yeah. I mean, so we're essentially all homeschooling, but your bottom line is, your plan, or as far as you're concerned, is they should announce they should be going back to school, and any teachers that don't want to go back to school, that's grand, don't go back to school, but you get a PUP payment and you don't get paid in full. All right, stay there for a second, Sarah, if you can. I have loads of people who want to come on the air. I did plan on you to do this for a half an hour because I have other stuff to get to, but I'll take one or two more calls after the break. The number is 087-188-0008. I've seen an interesting message here from a grandmother who says she's 60. When are I going to find this one? Oh, where is it here? Oh, there's so many messages. Hi, uh, Niall, I'm uh, with my two grandchildren. I'm in my late 60s. My daughter is a nurse. I'm actually fuming. I have a teacher here living close to me and she's out running every morning with the other teachers in her school. No fear of the COVID from them chatting with no masks. Uh, my daughter has to go to work while well, my daughter has to go to work. I wouldn't say every teacher is doing that, in fairness. But yeah, I, I know two teachers. Um, and I, from what I glean... Both of them are quite happy to be off work at the moment. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087188 That doesn't mean every teacher feels the same way, by the way. Sarah Carey doesn't. She's an SNA. Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Stephen? Stephen, are you here? Oh, I think I've lost you. Are you there, Stephen? No. no have, have you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you fine. Go ahead. No matter. How are you? Stephen, you're an SNA as well, are you? I'm an SNA, uh, and I have an underlying condition that puts me in the high-risk category. Okay. And- where I'm getting really annoyed with it is that people frankly have this delusion in their head that a lot of teachers aren't working when they are. I work in a school and I work with a teacher who is working so hard with her students as best she can. Some teachers I, are, yes. Some teachers some, are. Yeah, look, some teachers are. Some people do their jobs. Some people don't. That's the fact of life in mm-hmm. any, any walks, in any industry. But I think there's a big mass of silification of teachers out there at the moment. Who they're saying that oh, a lot of them aren't working. Look, we're being told. I, I'm being told in SNA, Oh, you're going back to work on Thursday, and then the government decides, well, we're not. Listen, there's a lot of flip flopping going well, on. Yeah, but, but, but with respect, Stephen, if you have a serious underlying condition that puts you in the high risk category, you shouldn't probably be going back to work anyway, right? And you know, producing a medical certificate to the Department of Education should make sure that you're in, you know, that you're looked after and you're still paid. But I think the point that. Sarah is making is that generally speaking the risk to most teachers who would be under the age of 65 is quite minimal and the risks of schools themselves of transmission in school according to the government according to the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control according to the WHO and according to most countries the risk is minimal now what, you know what I mean so I mean what more can they do well, but teachers are being told are being told what to do they, they've told look look every teacher who I work with in the school I work with wants to go back to school and that's well, then why don't they just go back? Why don't they just defy the union? If they, if they really care about the students, why don't they just go back? But that's what unions are for, and they've always been Well, don't, well on this occasion, why can't they just say, well, actually, no, we're not listening to the unions on this occasion. But, but, we, they teach the children are more important. We're going back to school. But, but they, it's a majority. That's how a union works. If a union works by, uh, we just do what we want, then what's the point of having unions in the first place? <sighs> You know, we go well, what more? Trying. What more can the government do? I listen to Norma Foley. I'm not a fan of the government, generally speaking. I thought she spoke very well this morning on radio, and she more or less said, "There's nothing more we can do." She's blaming the teachers and the unions. That's really well, it. She's para- I'm paraphrasing, but she's blaming them. She's saying we can do nothing more. You know, well, then she's just really just pointing the blame at the unions. Well, like she, she is, but I mean, no. But hang on. But what more can they do? 
I mean, you know, what, I mean, wrap somebody up in bubble wrap or hazmat suits or I mean, what? I mean, we're all in the same boat, Stephen. You know, people okay, agree with you. Like, people have to go back to work. You know, fire department, yeah. guardy, nurses, doctors, people working shops, all necessary and vital services. People are working. A girl or a guy working at a checkout in Tesco's is seeing thousands of people every single day. People stacking sure. shelves or have walking pe- past people every day. We all have to do our bit. I agree with you. And look, I used to do that job before, isn't it? I did work in a supermarket and I have friends too, still work in supermarkets and I, I think, I even think still supermarkets are quite dangerous places. But they have but the to, yeah, but they have to the be open. The government when it feels like it. No, 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 Stephen. Supermarkets have to be open. We have to eat. Of course, yeah. yeah okay. And we have to be educated. Services. And yeah, children yeah. have to be educated. And children are seen, are, no, children are still being educated. Yes, Stop. Sorry, sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Sorry, a lot of special needs children aren't being educated. They need their routine. They need the the, the presence of a teacher who has, has trained. And I have no doubt, like, probably their parents are well more, are just as equipped as any teacher to deal with their own children. They probably know them so well. But these parents are also probably working from home. You know, and, and a child with, with a, a serious special need or a, a disability, it, it needs 100% attention all the time. And and they need that. And the parents may not probably has other children home could have other children with special needs at home. And by the way, I, I want to point out special needs is ultimately very important because they were the ones meant to go back yesterday, as well as the possibility of leaving cert students. But again, you know, Stephen, we do have leaving cert students, and this is a vital year in their education. We have junior cert students, not so vital, but still, it's still education is important. Education is so important. We're going to end up in a situation in a couple of years' time where children have missed literally a year of school, almost at this oh. stage, and they're going to have educational poverty. Look, I understand that, and that is, and that's tough. And I wouldn't want them myself if I was in sixth year and I was doing my leaving third. I'd feel kind of hard, like hard to work. But you, like teachers are still working in secondary schools; they are sending homework. They are. Trying it's not to do the same. Learning. That's good. That that's okay for some children and some like. If I was in school now, that wouldn't work well for me because I'm not that kind of... I, I needed someone to help me focus and I needed a classroom and I needed the socialisation of other children and my peers to encourage me to work because that was the kind of kid I was. So it works well for some, but not for everybody. So just stay there, Stephen, for a second. Let me go to Samantha as well. So Samantha, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Samantha? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Um, Niall, I, just, um, I have a son at home. He is 16 and I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. And my son's SNA. Um, his two SNAs, the class teacher, they all want to open. All the kids want to go back, and now they're not allowed to go back. Mm-hmm. So see all of this now, said the, the, the teacher should, like some teachers obviously don't want to go back, and I do agree some teachers do. But I do agree that they should be, like frontline workers, It should they should be obliged to go back because these children are struggling immensely with regression and stuff. So, you know, this is all the truth. And yeah. I just feel it's very, very unfair. Yeah, I mean, and the ch- these children re- rely, I suppose, on being social because particularly for children with special needs, it's Absolutely. not just about the education. It's about that social outlet of being with other children and like-minded people as well. And you see, Niall, the thing about it is this is the only social outlet that most of these kids have. You know, they don't have, you know, especially with the pandemic, they can't go and visit anyone. You know, when you're bringing them out, they're quite tactile kids. They want to keep touching everything. And, you know, like it's, you know, when they meet people, they want to hug them and touch, you know, it's just... So it's going to well, we're the only, the we're only now the only country, we're now the only country in Europe, Stephen, we're now the only country in Europe that special needs children are not back in school. In Northern Ireland, for example, as somebody mentions here, special needs children are still in school and they have no problems doing it. They have bubbles and they're basically all that kind of stuff. They're, they have systems in place. 
Like my my mum actually works for um it, it, it my mum is a childcare worker and she is back in work this whole time. Like so I don't understand how she is in a like she works in a play school. So they're back in work. Now my my two babies, like they their play school has asked, you know, will they be back? But obviously if I have you know, one of my son off, I'm not gonna send the two babies in, but I they I was given the option because obviously they know my situation at home. So but I you know, I said no, it's fine because we're all off. But if you know, if I'm going to be sending him out, I would have sent them to school. It just, it, 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 it well, well, you heard, you heard Graham yesterday. One of the teachers yesterday, for example, Stephen mentioned that we had on the air that, um, for example, maybe four kids or something were sharing a taxi uh, going to work. Now, I don't think that's the that's a bit the business of the schools or the unions. For example, people come to work at this building every day. I don't know how they got to work. It's not my business how they got to work. You no. know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm hoping they abide by government guidelines while, while they're doing so. You know, or they wore their mask if they were on public transport or whatever else. But that's not my... I mean, look, you know, when people, when kids were going to school before Christmas, sure, they were all together anyway. They're children. Exactly. You know? The reason the numbers are so high now is obviously because it's the Christmas period and the way it was. And the well, possibly, and, and I think it's blah, blah, blah. a lot and of it's seasonal as well. Now, you know? A lot I of it's seasonal it. too as well. And the numbers are extremely high, but I do think it should be up to the individual skills and the individual people. If you want to send your child, send them. There should be an option there. Like there's an option there for the play skill. Now, most of my mum's play skill, most people have, you know, not because the, the, the play skill that you work is for vulnerable children. So they got the option, but most of them didn't send them. But people that did feel like they wanted and they needed the break, like for the parents that are struggling, like they wanted, you know, it's more good for the kids mm-hmm. to be in school than it is to be at home with the, looking at their parents, you know, whatever's going on at home. So do, well, well, just because I, I have to go to a break. Yeah. Stephen, let me just ask you, Stephen, if they yeah. announce tomorrow that the schools, particularly for special needs children, were to open again tomorrow, let's say they re- reconsider the decision. Are, are you happy enough to go to work? Although I know you said you had an underlying condition, by the way, and I'm oh, sorry to hear yeah. that, by the way. No, that's fine. I have an underlying condition. And even when we went back to work, my doctor did say you don't have to. But I, I love my job. And I want to go back. And I want to see the Most kids out the door. Most do love their job. This is the thing. So I do think it should be an individual option. Whoever wants to go back should go back. And whoever doesn't, then you Stay can't make them. Yeah, but you can't well, my, mind you, Sarah wants to give them a PUP payment if they don't want to go back to work, if, oh, they, don't yeah. have, if they don't have a reason. And you know what? I'm, I'm not going to completely disagree with her. Listen, guys, I have to go to a break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087 Teachers are certainly getting the brunt of it today. And I think Norma Foley made sure that this morning on radio when she insisted that the government had responded to all teachers' unions' concerns around reopening of special needs schools. And there's nothing more, they said, the government can do. She's putting it firmly in the hands and at the feet of the teachers and the unions' She said scrapping of the plan to resume classes from tomorrow leaves Ireland as an outlier in Europe. In other words, we're the only country in Europe now that doesn't have education for special needs children during COVID. Oh, I, I can tell you a lot of texts today. Um, it's Neffet's fault for scaremongering. You can't have Neffet telling you to treat everybody you meet as if they have COVID and, and then tell people it's safe to go back to school. Neffet can't have it both ways. Well, I think Neffet were giving the advice from the WHO and the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control and also the CDC in America in relation to school return. And all the data seems to point clearly that school is a very low risk in comparison to other sectors, for example. Um, Another person says, I I would if someone called for an ambulance or help and we all provided. I don't think that's in relation to the teachers. A union is only as good as its members. Uh, the members are the union, says somebody else. Okay, say with me, Samantha, if you can. Let me go to Sandra. Sandra, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Sandra? Hi. How you doing, Sandra? I could read out a lot of derogatory text as well, by the way, but I won't. But Norma Foley clearly nailed her, her colours to the mast this morning when she blamed the teachers and unions. I know she did. And all that that is serving to do is to damage the school and parent relationships. 
that we as special schools have oh, so managed. Do you, I want to clarify, you are a teacher. Sorry, Sandra. I'm a teacher in a special needs school. Okay. Okay. And and if you, if the government had have announced today that teachers in special needs schools have to go back, would you be okay to go back to school? I would. I am going to say that I am high risk. I'm pregnant. But I still would have gone back because I would not have let my children go back to a sub or uncertainty. What I don't agree with is the huge uncertainty that going back to school would have caused for those children. Her advice was to send them back every second day. For an autistic child, you can't say that one week they're going back on a Monday, Wednesday and I would agree with you. All or nothing, as far as I'm concerned. All or nothing. If they said it was half days, that would have been fine. But I'd also like to point out the fact that we surveyed our parents and... I think it was 62% of our parents said that they did not feel our school was a safe environment to send their child back to. I don't know what school that is. No, I, I, I'd be very concerned about the school where 62% of parents didn't believe it was a safe environment for their children. I'm, very, I'm more concerned about the school. A lot I, I, do, I don't know where you got that figure, Sandra, from, but I don't, I, with the greatest respect, I don't believe that figure. I we believe, from a survey from well, the any callers that I'm taking in relation to special needs children all want their children to go back to school, with the exception of one or two with the exception of one or two, the majority want their children to go back to school. We can all want the children to go back to school, but is it safe? Can yes. I say with my class, I know one third of them have severe medical needs that if they got COVID, with what they have, I honestly doubt they'd survive. And another third of the class have minor well, medical well, now, needs. You, so you've we just made a... St- okay, let, 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 okay let, let's just go down the first statement you made. That one third of your class have, uh, you know, special needs or medical needs, etc. And if they got COVID, they'd probably die, right? That's a factually incorrect statement, Sandra, because in this country last year, in 2020, where we had the height of the COVID in 2020, right? Um, two children, when I say children under the age of 24 died and they both had very serious underlying conditions. Two children died in a country but of five million and five million people. Okay, but the, point, but the point, I'm, but the point I'm making, the possibility and the chances of a child dying from COVID nineteen are so infinitesimally small. That's why the government's saying is a low risk to children. Now, in relation, if we could talk about the teachers, if you want, we've established, we've well established that COVID nineteen is not a huge risk to children. Even those with underlying conditions um, have been very lucky and spared by COVID nineteen. Yeah. Would you say flu is a huge risk? Absolutely. To children? Absolutely. Just like all viruses and are. All viruses are a risk to children, but the risk is very low. Well, can I just point out that one of the children in my class last year got the flu and spent six weeks in hospital. Okay, he that's quite possible. And that's quite possible. Right? I spent two weeks with pneumonia two weeks two years ago. So, I mean, it's possible. We get sick. We are where are dealing you- with children who are peg-fed who have such severe I, I, medical needs. I understand. So and each one of... By the way, I'm okay, can about. I point out something to you, Sarah? Each one of those individual cases of parents who have children with particular needs, and particularly if they're physical needs, have to be looked at individually. And I'm assure, assuming all of those will take their advice from their own doctors and GPs. But we're not... The majority those of children who are special needs are not physical special needs. The majority are not. The majority are, are cognitive issues. Uh, Samantha, you've been listening to what Sandra said as a school teacher, and she believes the risk is great. Samantha, you still there? Oh, she's gone. Look, I lost her there. Okay, but Sandra, I think the majority of people want their children to go back to school, and I, I don't see what the issue seems to be. The union, Sandra. Well, the issue is: can we guarantee? Can I, as a teacher, guarantee that my classroom is safe? No. No, I can't. Okay, can can, Tes- so- can Tesco's or Dunstores guarantee all their staff are safe? 
No, but no, I'd be can't. going into Tesco and are you spending six hours in a day as well as being on a 16-seater bus yes. with 16 other people. But you have to go to, I'm, sure, I'm assuming a lot of people who go to Tesco's or Dunn's or any shop, for example, that sells vital, or vital necessary groceries has to get to work somehow. So I'm assuming they have to go on a bus or but a car. Are they going on a Dublin bus where it's operating Possibly. at 50% capacity? Possibly. Or are they going on a school transport I don't know. Bus, we don't ask everybody. Theater. We trust that people, well, we don't ask everybody. We trust people are being responsible. We can only trust people are being responsible. But the thing is, you can trust people are going, being responsible going to Tesco. Sandra, you're looking, you're, what you're doing is you're giving say. me loads of excuses and reasons as to why they shouldn't open the schools again. You're not giving me the good reasons as to why they should, where education is vital. Isn't that a reason why we should? Education is vital, but the education, we are still doing our best as teachers. We're still working from home. We're still doing Zooms. I'm still in contact with every single one of my parents daily. I'm still recording videos of me reading stories to those children for the children. And and, and I'm not being patronising, but well done to you. But sadly, that's not the case in every single school with every single teacher. Because a well, lot of a lot of children are, a lot of children are regressing. All children regress. Every single child. I've worked in mainstream. I've worked in um, special needs schools. Every single child regresses at different times for different reasons. The regression could be for anything. We are literally facing regression after every single holiday. Sure, we can go in on a Monday and they'll have forgotten everything we've taught last week, and it's right back to the start. They've missed quite a lot of school this year, Sam. In, in the last semester, obviously since September or well, since last February, they've missed quite a lot of school. Oh, and I agree with that. And that is awful. And I feel for those. But they've also missed OT sessions. They've missed speech and language sessions. I agree. I agree. And they shouldn't have. And all those, all, that, all those vital services should never have been closed, just like other health services that we've lost out on this year. And I think that's going to have a massive knock-on effect to the population of this country. And there's been research into this of the amount of damage that's been done to the population, not just by COVID-19, but by the amount of services that have been cancelled. And I think it could be done by COVID-19. But we can argue with that another day. Sandra, thank you very much indeed. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.